0: Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for choosing to go skidooing with us. We all have learned many of life's little lessons and certainly have found some of them more helpful than others. Daniel has developed a series of skidooing episodes that he thinks represent priority lessons. Those are lessons we should all take to heart. Please listen to this episode and consider whether you agree with Daniel. Taking care of business. The value factor is the key to your healthy bottom line. Have you ever had it stuck to you by a hit and run type whose motto is business is business. Their trick is to never depend on return customers and to never try to do business tomorrow where they set up shop yesterday. It's a strategy best suited to those whose bottom line is merely the bottom line. If instead. Your bottom line depends on long-term relationships with your friends and family, neighbors and co-workers. Be sure they consistently get what they value and value what they get from you. Plan on how you will get out of the muck before diving in. Planning and foresight are highly valued by most everyone. This is painfully obvious when business deals go sour, partnerships fall apart, old friends have serious misunderstandings. People accumulate too much debt, conflicts escalate, and when the bottom falls out. Failure simply doesn't play nearly as well as success. Avoiding failure isn't always all that easy though. Nonetheless, it will improve your odds if you keep in mind most any mess is easier to get into than out of. If your personal experience doesn't have you saying, ain't that the truth you have lived a charmed life or are a saint complete with robe and hello, or maybe you just don't get it. For we mere mortals though, what the hell happened and more importantly, which weighs out onto uncommon questions. I should have known better, and I didn't see it coming, aren't much help when you are stuck in the muck, with no way to escape. Always go with the cards you are dealt. But, says doubting Thomas. Anyone can have a run of bad luck and some people have all the luck, he adds. Sure, some lucky ducks were born with silver spoons in their mouths, and in life's great poker game, some people get better cards than others. It's enough to make you just sit down and cry. The old law of averages certainly doesn't apply to you. You wish, and if cows could fly and if luck were really a lady, the world would be a fairer place. Even if it weren't, at least you would get better cards. Keep on wishing. Maybe your luck will turn, but then again. Figure out what you have to do to improve your success odds and then do it. Life's a roll of the dice and you can't do much about that fact. Well, maybe you can't but, then again, maybe you can. It was bright and early one morning when grandpa found an exceptionally fine seashell on the beach. I flippantly commented, that was just dumb luck, you're finding that shell. He smiled and replied, yes, it was dumb luck for a guy who was already on the beach and looking before 6.30. Sure, luck and maybe even dumb luck at times play a big part in a lot of things. Things happen and you can't control everything, but you can make a point to be on the beach before 6.30 and can make the extra effort it takes to improve the odds for your success. Do what you say you will do when you say you will do it. You know you have to be there at the crack of the bat, on time, every time, and you know the early bird catches the worm you have to strike while the iron is hot, and you shouldn't keep opportunity waiting. It's timing, 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 no doubt. But, you say. Well, okay. Every time may be a bit much to expect. Still, if you ask a shrink about this being on time thing, you will learn if you are early, you are anxious, if you are on time, you are compulsive, and if you are late, you are resisting, but if you ask the people who have been waiting on you, They will simply tell you your being late is wearing very thin. Be neither the dog that gets eaten nor the dog that has the meal. You most assuredly should know a couple of things you may not have been told about Little Red Riding Hood. Picture Little RR out there where any 21st century woods walker with half a brain would go prepared, ready to deal with wolves, big, bad, or not. Predictably, BB Wolf walks up to RR and says, i'm having you for lunch rr says oh don't take advantage of poor little me a lesser wolf would smile and say it's a jungle out here and anyone who can't handle it is out of luck but with incredible self-control bb wolf says okay but you better be prepared next time i can't guarantee you another free pass as snoopy might have put it it's a dog eat dog world charlie brown but only repeat things you hear about others you would feel okay about if someone were to say them about you, under the same circumstances. Joe says, I'm not comfortable with it yet. Sam says, Joe says he doesn't like it. Bill says, I hear it's over Joe's dead body. Anne says, I can't believe Joe is being so unreasonable. Mike says, Joe goes around acting like a little dictator. Carol says, there is no point in talking to Joe about anything. You can just figure he's already made up his mind and you are not going to change it, and so goes the rumor mill, with the rumor mill rights busily mongering and Joe serving as the grist. They embraces everyone, including you. You may hear about better communication being the cure for the rumor mill contagion, and though that is possibly true, beware. Listen in and draw your own conclusions. Our problem around here is communication. No one knows what's going on. But didn't you get the message? What message? It was in an email sent out last week. You should have gotten one in your inbox. I don't have time to keep checking my inbox every 5 minutes. No one reads those stupid emails anyway. Someone should have told me. I see what you mean. Communication is a big problem they have. They'll have to get it straightened out if they expect us to get anything done. Know when and why it was your fault and step up to accept responsibility. A project crashes, a solid relationship fails, an experienced employee screws up, or something else goes sour. You can't anticipate everything and no one is perfect. That is life, sure enough, but is it really? The truth is, short of an act of God, there were people who weren't observant enough, clever enough, persistent enough, people who didn't have enough hindsight insight, and foresight to prevent what happened. Certainly they are only human, and equally certainly, a better outcome was their responsibility. When you've got to, there is no choice but to take a deep breath, plunge in, and do what has to be done. Do you ever have to step up and make decisions without the clear authority to make them, knowing people won't like it, or do you occasionally have to do something that gets people upset? well you have to do what you have to do but how can you deal with it when you are asked just who do you think you are who put you in charge you can say i me a committee of one it's a collaborative thing give red Skelton credit for the i me committee of one since he said it first but then don't hesitate be a master at getting others to help you if you are a model for others to follow most assuredly taking care of business is everyone's business and we all have to hold up our end of the deal but everyone wasn't created equally even if they were they certainly don't act like it some are a pleasure while others well there is no need to go into that the secret is to see how the exceptional few do it they exemplify appropriate demeanor and behavior high personal standards and ethics professional development and quality performance But their real secret is they ask people to help solve their problems instead of trying to get them to accept their solutions. Trust people enough to let them make the decisions they need made to do their jobs. Getting others to follow you can be a tricky business. For example, can I do that? I will check with the boss. I thought you were the boss. I can't make this decision. What can you decide? I decide whether you are doing your work or not. I see. The time clock tells on me if I don't show up and you rat on me if I screw up. You've got it, so get back to work. If you get fed up, and you likely will, be sure your new boss can independently make the decisions you need made to do your job. Better yet, find a quality employer who will empower you to make those decisions yourself. A special six-pack. Taking care of business doesn't start or end with believing people are basically trustworthy. You will see this as you consume another six pack. Conscientiously work at being truly trustworthy. The first slot in this six pack is for trust, but the question isn't, who do you trust? It isn't, who trusts you either, since even world class scoundrels likely are trusted sometimes by someone. The question is, Is there any good reason why anyone should trust you? Now that gives it a whole new perspective. You say, you can trust me, you have my word on it. Well, okay, but so what? Seeing is believing, show me, talk is cheap, time will tell, and all that. Your being trustworthy isn't one of those things you can just proclaim and think that is the end of it. It's not something you tell people about you, it's a judgment other people make about you. As one or another of those very wise souls puts it, your reputation is created when you are not there. Be candid, every time, with everyone. The next slot is reserved for being candid. Actually, it's a double slot, with being trustworthy and being candid sitting side by side, since you can't have one without the other. Consider someone who is blunt, direct, frank, and straightforward there is someone who is candid, sure enough. Got the picture? Okay, erase that picture and consider someone who is neither blunt, direct, frank, nor straightforward. Is this someone you are going to trust? Not likely. Now picture someone who is authentically candid and who combines their candor with trustworthiness, genuine sincerity, and a liberal splash of sensitivity. While there is someone who is truly exceptional. Take care of business by focusing on business. Being focused fills the next slot in this six pack. Taking care of business can get very complex and complicated, and if you don't stay focused, it will soon be all she wrote, as they say. While you are in the heat of the game though, it's not enough to simply keep your eye on the ball. You have to keep it on the other players too, and since they have all got balls of their own, you also keep your eye on their balls. The superstars at taking care of business are the players who have the uncanny ability to focus on their ball, the other players, and the other players' ball simultaneously or at least that is how it looks to the unsophisticated observer. Strictly on a from my mouth to your ear basis, it ain't necessarily so. The high flyers have mastered a secret technique. They only focus on one ball or one player at a time and never on a player and a ball at the same time. Now, that is focus but there is more. Players ready for the first string can predict from other players moves where their balls are going, and since they know where all the balls are headed, they don't have to know where other players or their balls actually are. Do you get it? You don't keep track of or worry about other players. The key to taking care of business is keeping focus on the balls and knowing where yours is in relation to where the other balls will end up. If you don't quite get it yet, focus on your ball, your business. Next. Locate the other balls in the game and predict where they are going. Your objective is to move your ball in relation to where the other balls are headed. Focusing on the other players in the game, including those on your team, only serves your interest in knowing where the other balls will most likely end up so you can keep your ball where you need it to be, headed toward your goal. If you now see being focused means you attend to all the balls and all the players, one ball at a time and one player at a time, you've got it. Commit yourself to a moral approach to taking care of business. Slot 4 is reserved for a moral approach to taking care of business. This doesn't mean people who don't take a moral approach are bad or evil people though they may be. It simply means they don't take a moral approach, i.e., they don't take a principle-centered, value-centered approach to business. Having principles directing your actions and values forcing your choices says, for example, I never knowingly give a customer a product or service below the standard I promised. That means you do it right, the first time, on time, every time. Now there is a principle to live up to, one that certainly directs your actions. What principles direct your actions? Direct how you take care of business. If you have three or four clear, non-negotiable principles by which you always do business, You are up there on the moral high ground where most people you do business with spend little time. Values follow principles, but they are not simply a list of things you like. For example, your principle is you do the right things right, the first time, on time, every time, but what are the right things? Perhaps they are products that reliably do what they are supposed to do or services that consistently accomplish what they are intended to accomplish. You value products and services that work, the first time, every time. Having that value then forces many choices you make about products and services, about how you use your resources, and about people who produce or use those products and services. Predictably and consistently pursue your principles and values. Slot 5 holds predictability and works best as a double slot with a moral approach to taking care of business. There certainly are those unscrupulous types who are totally predictable, you can simply assume they are only taking care of number one and they will screw you every chance they get. If predictability is joined with moral principles and values though, it is indeed a pleasure to experience. People don't always know what you are going to do or how you are going to do it, but they always know why you do it, you are following your principles and values. You are innovative, original, creative, and uniquely you sure enough at the same time you are predictable and anyone who understands your principles and values knows it so persistence 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 the final slot in this six pack is reserved for persistence being worthy of trust candor staying focused taking the moral high ground and predictability are honorable and worthwhile pursuits but none of them are easy automatic or guaranteed paths to success. Rather, they are sometimes slow and often tedious, personal commitments. It may be time to put the old dog in the truck and call it a day. Finally, suppose you are hot on the trail of a great deal, a resolution to a nasty conflict, an answer to a tough question, but it suddenly all goes sour. Have you been there, up close and personal? Sure you have. It's frustrating to say the least and is usually downright maddening. The nearly irresistible temptation is to poke at it just one more time, take just one more shot. Sure, the problem with resisting temptation is this may be the only chance you get, it may be now or never, and everyone knows winners never quit and quitters never win. At the same time though, K. Rogers in the gambler advises, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and know when to walk away, actually, it's the knowing when to walk away that may not be the key to success but certainly is an effective way to cut your losses, and as grandpa says, winners don't win more, they just lose less. Thanks for the chance to go doing with you. Stop back soon.